Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for reading sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 12th. Uh, it's no longer my birthday, unfortunately, um, but there's plenty still to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Virginia hoops. We're going to talk about Virginia football. Um, both uh, the spring is a, is a busy time with, with the coaches hitting the road for recruiting soon. Obviously, this year a little different because they're they're so active on the on the transfer front, um, and, and then obviously spring football is in full gear. It doesn't kind of feel like that because we don't have very many opportunities to to see the team um, to to kind of watch them in action. We've only media folks have only had a couple times, no open practices uh, this spring, but still I think plenty to to quarter, sort of kind of kick around. Um, so before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Out in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. We we I, I forgot to do the uh, hashtag Ask Dave, but uh, Dave, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm so glad I don't have to listen to you guys butcher where I am <laughs> this week. That was that was painful, dudes. It was a just a customer's a customer's loved one passed away. I was just being a a good business owner. But David Spence, who days on the board at who days on? You Twitter? know, we were trying to be kind. We were trying to, were. to to whatever. And like now we're gonna get now we're gonna get crap for it. Okay, I say this. Up in Arlington, uh, Justin Ferber is also on the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Um, I was here last week. Um, <laughs> at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. <laughs> I was here last week. <laughs> Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, so it wasn't that bad, Dave. It was awkward, but it wasn't that awkward, okay? It wasn't like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, okay? No, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I know I know you got a hankering for, for, for busting our chops here, but that's not nice. <laughs> should be should be like ashamed of yourself. Okay. Um, so, uh, spring basketball recruiting, Virginia gets its, its top uh, priority um, it, it filled in terms of going out and finding a, a kid that they needed uh, at the guard position, somebody who can create off the bounce. Nigel Johnson, the transfer from Kansas State and Rutgers, uh, will finish his college career in his home state, the uh, Ashburn native, coming to Charlottesville next year, going to wrap up his degree at Rutgers and then come this summer. Um, I think that the way Virginia played this sort of um, – it, it definitely it definitely intimated to me, at least, uh, that this was one they were serious, super serious about because it was like super lockdown. Um I want to say, you know, my normal question here was, you know, if you guys were surprised or happy uh, with the addition. Uh, get, judging from our, our conversations uh, since then, my guess is that this is a this is an addition that you like. Uh, I guess maybe let's get into the way we feel like maybe this will fit. And Dave, I'll start with you. How do you feel like? Because um, I, 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 like I said, I have a pretty good feel that this is something that uh, an addition that you are on board with. How do you feel like Nigel fits in? And, and was he the guy that you maybe wanted? Uh, on, on the board, at least at that position. Well, I mean, given where the roster was prior to his commitment, I mean, it was something we had talked about, you know, for the last couple of weeks. It's you know needing that playmaker who can play with the ball in his hand and on and off the ball, and he could do that. Um, he's got a very nice game. He, he he's got some defensive ability. How he fits into the pack line, you know, that's kind of always the question mark for a new player to Virginia. Um, I do find myself kind of questioning would I be as excited about his commitment if Darius Thompson was still here or, you know, so it sort of, when Thompson left, I think it kind of changed, obviously it changed the equation. Um, I'm trying to figure out, and was one of the things I was kind of batting around in my head before we got on, got on the air was, 
do I think he's going to be better for Virginia than Thompson? So I'm going to keep adding that around. I'm sure we'll come around to it. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can. Because I don't you. know the answer yet. Let me, let me see if I can help you. I think Darius had had a um, he had a, a a penchant right for being able to get to the to the rim. He did not have what I would call a consistent appetite for it. Okay. Like you would watch games and you could see Darius getting to the you know finding space getting to the rim, um, he was not I think as as hungry to to sort of hunt those opportunities. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like a lot of times he took the ones that were presented to him, but he didn't necessarily try to do enough to make them. And if that's the if there's a difference between Darius and Nigel, one I think Nigel is a he's much more in sort of that like smaller uh, almost like an. Um, um, I I always want to say AI because that's the the guy I always grew up watching take bumps. You know what I'm talking about? Point guards that just go to the rim, take contact, make the bucket. Uh, those kind of guys. Like that's the, that's kind of what Virginia really needed here. And in fairness, and and I don't mean any disrespect by it when I say this, but I just feel like Darius wasn't necessarily what Virginia needed. And so, like, had he stayed, I, I think they would have been fine in some respects. But what they really needed was a guy who can make plays with the ball in his hands. And I mean, they 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 needed an Alameda, right? They needed a guy who could who could go out there and create a little bit. And Darius was much more creating in the flow of the offense. Now, what I find interesting about Nigel's addition, and Herb, I'll get to you in a second, um, is that he Virginia hasn't had a guy like that, right? The, who's the last kind of quick twitch uh, point guard that they've had? Bub, right? But Bub wasn't a finisher. He was a defensive bulldog. And a guy who could handle the ball. He wasn't a guy who was going to go to the rim and score. He just that just kind of wasn't his game. And so I think about Nigel and in and, and the context of the of the blocker mover and how that works. And I and I and I come to the conclusion of when you add a kid who can create off the bounce with the talent Virginia has, even in that system, which is not necessarily set up to feature guys in ISO. You know, it's not necessarily the, the the point, so to speak, of the offense. I still think he's going to be able to to really kind of um, raise the raise the water so that all boats get get raised as well. Does that make sense? Like he's going. I think because of the type of player he is, he kind of plays perfectly with the other types of talent that Virginia has. Right, uh, guys who can shoot, guys with length who can move. I just think that this is a nice addition. Um, I'm actually maybe in the minority here. I, I kind of wish he was a, a two year guy. Because I, I know that that's a super rarity um, in, in basketball, but just to have a guy that could play right away and play too, um, because I think that Ty is versatile enough that you could play him on or off ball. Um, I, I think that, 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 that bridges that gap. I know that people are so excited about the 18 point guards, and I'm not trying to, to, to make you think that Virginia doesn't have a really good chance with any of those guys. I'm just saying that, like, I, I like Nigel's skill set, and, and I like the addition. Ferber, what about you? How do you feel like he fits in, and what are some of your general reactions um, to him coming on board? Yeah, I actually agree with you. I wish that he had two years because I think that, um, I mean, the team two years from now could really – I mean, it's going to be similar to the one this year, but I think he, he's somebody who has a skill set that they can use every year. Um, now, I mean – Tony doesn't always take kids like that because sometimes as at a high school, because sometimes you don't know where their ceiling is defensively and whether they're going to be able to make outside shots. But this kid has already proven that he can do that at the college level playing in the big 12 and the big 10. So, I mean, you kind of don't have as much doubt about whether he can do it or not. Um, 
I mean, obviously he won't be asked to take on the burden as a scorer as he was at Rutgers, but the fact that he's able to do that is is encouraging for sure. Um, and like you said, I mean, I kind of thought about uh, John Tell Evans a little bit when I thought about him, but John Tell, I mean, he could get to the rim, but he couldn't really shoot so um, or shoot well enough to be a threat from the outside and be guarded that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a good skill set, kind of like uh, – I don't know who I would compare him to, but I mean, kind of what they might have been able to get out of Chris Likes one day, if he if he had chosen to come to UVA instead of Miami. Um, but obviously, he's a little bigger, so uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see what he can do, and I'm not worried about Ty or the other guys on the roster being able to fit around him. I'm sure they'll be able to make that work because they have different skill sets. The, the defensive angle is something I want to get into for a minute because when Virginia. Um, one of the things that they've they've had to rely on, right, are bigger wings, uh, bigger guards who could who could kind of roadblock guys. But now you have a, you have a player who, you know, listening to him uh, to kind of talk about his what he feels like is his defensive chops. I was, I mean, I, I was I was kind of taken aback to be quite honest. Like I was, I mean, he's got a lot of confidence in his defensive game. Um, he mentioned to me, and I don't I don't know if it made the story, but it was talking about. Um, his he's always had an ability to move laterally, and I, that was just I, I don't think I've ever heard a player say that like to me in, in an interview before, right? Like, oh, you know, I've been really good at this specific thing that is very good for defense. Um, so I almost feel like he's the best of both worlds in that he's he's an offensive uh, threat, but also to a guy who who prides himself on defense. What I'm what I find really super interesting about this addition uh, one, it's a grad transfer, right? The first one Tony's had. Um, Tony is a coach who who always leans on experience, right? Certainly there were times this year where he went to the younger guys because he had to go talent. But generally speaking, he always leans experience, which is one of the reasons why, in talking to various sources, they were so, somewhat surprised by the guys who left because you know Tony went in in the in the moment of a in the you know the moment has to he will go to the to the guy with more experience. He brings in a kid here who has experience, right? But he's also new, and I'm really curious to see how that sort of plays out. Um, I don't, I don't want to say like if this doesn't work out, Tony will never go with the grad transfer again. But I do think that it's, it's his, it's, it's going to be some, uh, an odd sort of comfort for him early in the season because he's still going to be getting used to Nigel. Nigel's still going to be getting used to Virginia, um, and yet you, you know, he has experience. Um, so how things shake out in terms of starting lineups and all that fun stuff, like uh, that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. But in terms of Going forward, uh, I do think he brings a lot to the table. I think that his situation and, and kind of the the the, the sort of skill set that he brings is 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 perfect because you don't have any overlap, right? I think that was one thing I was a little skeptical of. And hearing from sources that said you know Virginia felt like they had to go get a guard, they had to go get a guard. And I'm looking at the roster, and I'm thinking you you kind of got a lot of guards. That's why these other dudes left, right? And so. Bringing in a guy like him, where you don't have that overlap of skill sets, it's not gonna it's not gonna upset the apple cart, and it certainly lines up well for eighteen because it doesn't have any impact on it. Uh, I just think it, it's a move that makes sense on every pretty much every level. Um, but like I said, it's it's Tony's first grad transfer, so how uh, that will uh, will shake out will be fun to to kind of see. Now, the other visitor this past weekend was was obviously Noah Dickerson, and we'll, we'll talk about him for for just a minute. As of now, he is reportedly set up a, another official visit for this coming weekend uh, to Miami. And I, there are very few times where I feel more vindicated um, than I did when I saw that news because as I posted, I think that was Saturday night, um, 
the thought process was um, he was still on the fence even about leaving Washington. At that point, even though he didn't have any visits set up, it, those were those felt like they were likely coming. And if that's the case, then the writing sort of on the wall. I mean, Virginia, look, it would have been it would have been a you know heck of a steal, heck of a boondoggle, right? If they had gone out there and gotten um, you know gotten him done so quickly. Um, but look, they, they had their guy, they, they identified him, they took their shot and they, um, it looks like at least as of now, they're probably not going to get him. I don't foresee Virginia staying on what they got. I think you're, you're not going to wait around on him. He certainly knows if he wants to join up, uh, that it's his, it's his spot if he wants it, but he's got to take it. Um, were you guys surprised at all uh, about the way that, um, the, the Dickerson thing sort of played out? Because to me, you know, you look at the, how, how, um, you know how complex his recruitment and recruitments have been over the years. You just knew it wasn't going to be a cut and dry like going to visit and, and make a decision. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. What's your what's your general feel on on Dickerson? You ready to to move on at this point, or what are you thinking? I I don't know if I'm ready to move on. I mean, you know, all fair. We talked about it. I always had a weird feeling like about him. Like he never. There was something he just you know occasionally you see a guy and be like uh like it wasn't anything about his game. It's just something, and just didn't make me think he'd end up Virginia. Like I don't know if it's psychic or whatever, but um, I mean, it certainly doesn't bode well. A guy who's—it's not like this past weekend was his first trip to Virginia. I mean, he was pretty heavily recruited by us, you know, out of high school, and chose not to come here. So, you know, if he's been here twice now, left twice without committing, and now he's visiting again, that probably is a good sign that, you know, he's not going to end up here. Um, and knowing Tony, like, you know, not knowing him personally, but but knowing what he's done in the past, there's no way he's going to sit around for a couple of weeks and let Noah figure it out. Um, I mean, he's going to be beating the bushes. Um, I did kind of, you know, the more film I watched on him um, during the visit, you know, the, you know, certainly he would have been a wonderful piece to add with what we have. Um, I personally don't think getting a big for two years from now is as important as getting a you know, someone like Nigel for this coming year. So, you know, if we have to strike out on one of the two, uh, I think I'd rather strike out on the on the big man. What about you, Ferber? Um, you 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 you're going to be excited not to hear Noah's name anymore. Do you think Virginia should woe up the the moving on train? What do you think? I mean, I guess that all just depends on what the other options are. But I trust the coaching staff with that. I mean. If you if you feel like you want to allocate the scholarship, then it would be kind of foolish to. He's supposed to go to Miami, but not for a few more weeks. So I mean, like, how long are you going to wait? Um, I'm kind of in the same camp. I mean, it would have been really nice to get him. I think he's got a good skill set and could be a really good player in this system. But at the same time, I mean, he could end up going back to Washington. Who knows? So yeah, I it, mean, it had a it had something of a Matt Coleman vibe to me. Right, it, like it's at some point you're like, how many times, man? Like, if it's if it's gonna happen, I mean, at some point she's gonna say yes to, when you ask her out, right? Um, at some point though, you got to be like, all right, well, she, you know, it's not gonna happen. Um, this kid has had repeated opportunities, and and I, I really felt like if he left Charlottesville without signing um, or at least giving some sort of uh, commitment, my biggest fear, quite honestly, if I'm just gonna if I'm just gonna you know throw all the cards out there is that he was going to commit but not sign anything and then have some second thoughts and there was going to be like drama on whether or not he was going to leave or not. I, I didn't I, that piece of it that he hadn't even figured out yet whether he definitely wanted to leave Washington 
that that piece to me basically made the whole thing uh, moot. I mean, I'm I, if I'm just gonna be yeah. completely honest, like if you don't know for sure you're gonna leave, why are you you're taking trips for what reason? You know, and and I Ferber, to Ferber's point, like this visit to Miami. Like Virginia's certainly not going to wait around, and you couldn't wait that long because at that point, I mean, heck, you're you're still worried. I mean, at that point, they're going to be recruiting like for real. Now, I I do think that the Italian kid, um, Frankie, and do I want to try to say this kid's last name? Do nah. Wanna, <laughs> do I want to try to do it? Badochi? Badachi? That sounds about right, right? Francesco Badachi, three star forward from. Um, uh, by way of of, uh, of Kansas, he, he's, a, he's an Italian kid. Um, Bossy has seen him a bunch of times, and I think has a gave us a really good scouting report on our board. Um, uh, you know, just in terms of his um, in terms of his skill set, he's 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 not as as tall, but he is long, um, and he's and he's I think he's athletic enough. Uh, certainly, Virginia doing its homework as Bossy kind of lays out. I'll be interested to, he- to see what I hear in the next 48. But everything I hear that's not UVA-related points to this thing getting done. Um, so it seems like to me that the plan that, that Virginia may have struck was go and see about Noah. If it doesn't work out or you don't feel good about it, move on. And clearly this kid was up next. Um, so I do think that he's going to be um, li- very likely coming on the visit. Um, you know, It's recruiting, so anything can change. Uh, we're recording this podcast on a Wednesday night. By the by, the time you hear it on Thursday morning, you know the whole situation might be different. But it just kind of seems like this one is lining up this way. If Virginia decides to take this kid and use a scholarship on him, how? What's your general uh, reaction to it, Dave? What, do you feel comfortable with that decision? Do you do you think it's a wrong move? I know for a lot of people on the board, there's lots of conversation about. You know they want. They want Virginia to start getting, you know, top 50 kids consistently. They want top 25 kids consistently, if we're being honest. So a three-star kid who at this point is not in the Rivals 150 seems like, you know, to them a reach. Do you feel like it's a reach? How do you feel about this one if, it's, if this is the way that Virginia goes? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you can look at him in a, in a vacuum and say he's a reach. Um, you know, it depends on what you do around him. It's yeah, You're looking at at a team that's got a pretty stacked roster um, currently and then obviously has a bunch of scholarships to fulfill over the next couple of years. And, you know, a, a coaching staff is getting traction with a lot better player now um, than they were, say, five years ago. But, you know, when you look at the roster, you look at that, you know, the, the film I've seen, there's not a whole lot of them out there, obviously. Um, I mean, he's, he's undersized four, you know, big three undersized four, kind of in the, I don't want to use that that name, but a number twelve kind of he reminded me a little bit of an old number twelve, um, a little bit of Nolte in his game. So certainly a player like that. If you tell me we can bring him on, and in four years he's going to develop, he's going to be a guy that can 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 guard a you know a face up four and and help you in the three spot. You can never have enough of that guy, especially if he's you know if he's willing to to not need starter minutes to be happy. So you can't have. 12 guys expecting starter minutes. So, like I said, it, I like a little bit of what I've seen from the film. I wish I had more film to see. I, I think Tony kind of has a pass on, on taking some flyers because they tend to pan out. Um, but, you know, if you take him and then you strike out on all these 2007, you know, 2018 recruits, then it's a much bigger, much bigger question. Well, one thing I find interesting about this is if they decide to, to bring, uh, bring him in and take him now, 
One thing that you could look at is he has the opportunity to redshirt and, and sit and basically become um, y- y- a perfect sort of candidate for, for the Virginia way, which is you're going to have, at this point, 10 scholarship players next year. Do you really have a need for him? Probably not. But you also look ahead and you think you could use some bounce. Um, and, and his development um, could, give you, could give you an interesting piece to put with some of those 18s. Um, the problem that you're going to have in 18 is you're going to probably use four scholarships. You're going to want to get a point guard. You're going to want to get a wing. And you're probably going to want to get two actual bigs. If you pulled the kid like this, um, who can do a little bit of everything, um, even if he's not a you know a six eight six nine kid, um, that almost might play better because if you think about how much length Virginia's going to have, having a longer wing isn't a bad thing, especially because especially if you're able to get an extra year for him. Um, I'll, I'll put it to you like this: the same staff that identified Ty Jerome early, that identified um, uh, t- uh, Kyle Guy early. And and were and put and and put themselves in a position to get those guys early before they were as you know as well regarded nationally as they ultimately became. Um, you have to think that that same scouting, uh, the, that same scouting, um, those same scouting chops are at, at play here. Um, and so I, I I don't know if I want to say that this is a flyer because I don't think that that's how they they do it. But I, I hear what Dave is saying. Basically, what he's saying is is if you're going to take a project, a kid that you that you need to park for a while and develop. This is kind of the perfect situation for it because you don't you don't need him to be an impact guy next year, um, and, and even in the following year you still have you know the bulk of those young kids now playing you know considerable uh, minutes and everything. So if you, as you look forward, it, th- this could be a nice place to use one of those scholarships. And if there's anything we've learned about the the sort of um, the 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 sort of environment or or um, um, climate of college basketball right now is that you're going to have scholarships like kids are going to leave they're going to transfer you're going to have opportunities uh ferber what about you how do you feel about uh, about frankie and do you think that's something virginia should should uh should really look into frankie you mean francisco barocci why you see why you gotta be like that i think i nailed it I th- <laughs> We're gonna get it now. We're gonna start doing impressions because we have we have some good impressions we could totally do. Um, oh, not yet, not yet. No, we have to we have to wait for that. that that's that's what you that's what you call a tease. No, so what do you, so what do you, what do you think of, what do you think of this kid's game and, and is he a kid that you think Virginia should add to the to the roster? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of intrigued when I watched the highlights. I thought that I couldn't really figure out what he would be if he was like an undersized big because he rebounded so well. Um, and could be like a Bonzi Colson type player, but he obviously has a good like drive to the basket game, good athlete. Um, you know, he's pretty well built um, for the college game, I think. So intrigued for sure. I mean, as long as he has a skill set that kind of sets him apart from some of the other guys on the roster, so you don't have too much duplicity like they've had in the past, um, I think that would be a good thing. See, I kind of think it, if you wanted to add a Bonzi Colson type, because if I, I mean, I look, I don't want to blow this out of proportion, okay? And so this, the next tangent I'm about to go on, I don't want folks to, to take it. We're going to add Bonte Colson? No, stop. But, <laughs> but it's very possible that Virginia, the Virginia we see on the court for the next two years is not quite the same Virginia we've seen, okay? Because they're going to have a 6'9 kid who – I call him 6'9, but he's basically 6'9. 6'9 wing, okay? And they're going to have a 7-foot center who can shoot, right? Like they're probably going to play a lot of four-guard stuff. And be able to do a whole lot of weird mixing and matching 
with links and shooting ability and stuff. So, like, who Virginia is for the next couple seasons might be markedly different than what we've come to expect. And I wonder if that's not an, a situation where um, everybody gets on Virginia about offense, offense, offense. But, like, he, he's basically got all these offensive guys. He just, he's, not, he's not holding them back. Like, they just weren't making shots. If they start to make those shots and if, if these you know, skill sets sort of fit together the way they appear to be, Virginia's going to be able to put a whole lot of length and a whole lot of shooting ability on the floor at once. Um, and guys with ball skills, like, like Ferber just mentioned, like being able to rebound. Like, Devin Hall shouldn't be your best rebounder. You know, I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying it's a bad thing. Like, well, Zay, when he's playing well, is a very strong rebounder. But Devin was their best rebounder consistently all season. What they need is guys who can make up for some of those efficiencies. And the way you do that is by finishing at the rim. Um, and, and if there's anything that this past year taught me, it's that Virginia has to get better finishing at the, at the rim. And their, their rebounding issue will, will continue to be something that they have, to, they have to figure out. Guys have to be able to, um, to fix that themselves. But, but you can cut down a lot of rebounds by finishing a lot of your own stuff. And I think that's something Virginia needs to do and, and, and certainly has the talent to do. kid like this makes a lot of sense to me in the sense of if you look forward and you think about, okay, well, if the, we are going to see Virginia be a little bit of a different team, maybe adding a kid like him actually makes a lot of sense because he's, he's kind of a more – I mean, do we think he's a more athletic Nolte? Is that, is that a nicer way to say it? Um, that's what I would go with because I'm not quite ready to give him the Joe Harris treatment yet. Yeah, no, but see, but see Joe was a wing. Like, to me, Joe was a wing. He was a guy who's going to come off screens and take threes. I don't know if this kid's going to come, but he can make, he can hit shots. Um, I just feel like he's a he's a nice complement to Dre in the sense of they're both guys with some length who have some 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 different skill sets. Um, Dre's not a traditional big, even though he has some length length of a traditional big. Um, I actually can I could totally see Dre developing into a Bonzi Colson type. Um, but I also want to see him on a college floor before I start comparing him to basically the guy that everything everybody's going to pick is the ACC uh, preseason player of the year next year. Um, so if this one gets done, it makes a lot of sense, and I could see Virginia saying, okay, you know, we're good, and then really addressing uh, other issues going forward. Really what that – if they don't end up taking a transfer big, really what it does is it puts the pressure on um, the, the current roster to, I mean, to, to take a huge step forward. And that means specifically uh, Mamadi uh, and Jay. Like, they've really got to get themselves in a, in a, in a very good spot next year. Um, and it also means they're definitely taking two and 18, and one of them's got to be ready to go. Um, and that's probably given the caliber of, of players that they're recruiting that, in, that, in that position in that class. Like, that's probably not too much of a, uh, of a, of a stretch. Vir- historically, Virginia hasn't played a lot of bigs right away um, or got, you know, had to lean on bigs right away. The guys who played early have been – uh, on the wing or at, at guard. And so it would be interesting to me to watch them get an 18 and, and really lean on him uh, at, at, in that first year. Um, I guess as we move to the to the upstairs of this duplex, um, we're going to talk some 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 football now. Um, it, it's it, it, a lot hasn't changed since since we last uh, we last spoke, though. I have had a chance to to, to watch practice and 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 to kind of see some some various things. I guess as we move forward, I'm kind of curious to get your your thoughts uh, on what you feel like you know right now. Like if this was a if we were if we were going to ask you guys like to write a three two one. Like what are the three things you know? Don't talk. I mean, don't 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 limit yourself to numbers. But I'm just curious. What do you feel like you know about this team this spring? What do you feel like you you can bank on? 
Uh, Dave, let's start with you. What do you feel like you can really sort of bank on about Virginia, at least as of now? I mean, I think, first of all, I think our secondary is going to be, you know, improved. Um, it probably, I don't, I guess I want to call it the strength of the defense. So yeah, we'll, we'll go there. Secondary is going to be the strength of the defense. Um, offensively, you know, I think our running backs are going to be good. And then third thing is we still, <laughs> we still have issues in the trenches. Um, that would be my, my three. So, I mean, I guess it's better to have one question out of the three than, and, and two <laughs> assumed positives. Yeah, I, I went into the spring knowing they were gonna that they were gonna have significant question marks in the trenches, and I just knew that there was no way that this spring was gonna answer any of those questions. Like, I really do believe that this spring for those guys is just about getting reps. Like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, it's not gonna be pretty. The depth is awful on both lines. Um, I'm not surprised to see the defense playing with some different. Um, um, formations and different uh, looks. I'm not surprised to see um, such a small group, especially considering, like you know, you're some days at practice you might not have even the full allotment of offensive linemen that you already have. And that part is weird. <laughs> I mean, that's not good. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it, I will say. Go sorry, going go to the trenches. I will say, you know, you kind of mentioned it on the last podcast that I made the comment about Moye. Like the more I hear Moye get interviewed. And the more I see, like, the little bit of practice snippets we get, like, look, he's not going to be a Wilkins out of the gate. But I'm getting a little more confident that he may end up being the nose tackle of the future. And, you know, doesn't mean he's going to be ready to play a two-gap nose this year. Um, But I think he's going to be a very productive player uh, for Virginia this year. And that, if anything, that's probably going to be the – you know, if, if you told me coming out of spring we'd have a, a better situation, a better feeling for what our nose um, nose tackle would be going forward, I'd be pretty happy. And I, I think we're headed that way if you can stay healthy. I mean, he put on so much. What do you say? put on thirty pounds basically? Well, it's funny because like I mean, he, like Nick Grant just like randomly so he's like, yeah, I was, I, I was, uh, I was one seventy when I got here. And now I'm now I'm two hundred. I'm like, wait, you put on thirty pounds? Like <laughs> yeah. that seems like a lot. And like Moyes told me, what did he tell me? I think he said twenty. 25. Yeah, he wants to add like 10 now, more but he wants, Yeah, he wants to get closer to, to, to 300. But I'm going to tell you what, I agree. Well, so. like, yeah, well, that's the thing. Is that, like He's an athletic kid with a good frame. And the way that, the way that they've done this, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm out of the prognostication business when it comes to this stuff. So I'm, I'm not going to come out and tell you, like, yep, Moye is going to be the answer. Blah, blah. But what I will tell you is this, is that that kid has seems to have very much benefited from Virginia's approach to strength and conditioning which is on the one hand Wendrick is putting weight on them uh, and then at the other hand they're 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 speed training and so they they, like when you talk to these kids about these big gains they've made they don't feel any different uh at least in terms of a a negative right they don't feel they don't feel like they're they're lumbering Uh, and I think sometimes when you put a bunch of weight on a kid who hasn't played with that weight before it's hard for them to adjust to, to being able to use it. And you look at a kid like Juwan, I mean, he's as big as he's ever been, and he doesn't feel like he's that big. And I think that's important because at that position in this scheme, what you need is a guy who both has size to clog things up, but the athleticism to get away. And and I think he has that potential. Um, there's no doubt to me. But I, I think the thing that's really surprised me and certainly something that would be one of my – Knowns out of this spring so far is that like they these guys have put on some size, 
when Bronco says that they're that one of their big focal points in the, in the offseason conditioning and stuff was to add physicality and to be bigger and stronger like he he that's not lip service like they you look at these guys like I had a hard time like differentiating between some of the defensive backs because they all are big and swole uh, and I think that's obviously a good thing. Uh, Ferber, what about you, man? What What are some of your knowns for this group, at least as of now, This you know, the, at this point in the spring? Dave kind of stole all mine. Um, like, I think the secondary can be pretty good. Um, I'll go with... I'll go with at least... One, I think, of the transfers will play on the offensive line. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, and you, uh, the, with the secondary playing better, I think that that can open things up for more of a pass rush, uh, more sacks, um, which is good for the defense overall. Um, I don't really, other than that, I mean, like, what do we know, really? Like, I mean, we don't. We know who a lot of the faces are going to be, but we don't necessarily know how they're going to play. Um, I know that's not really a very good answer, but I mean, I <laughs> besides the secondary and and you know, like a lot of that comes out in the health. But besides the secondary, I don't really know what group I'm like. Yep, that group I can depend on. Even the running back group, they have a bunch of depth, but they don't have the production to back it up at this point. Yeah, so, that's, good. that's a that's a good point. I think the thing is, is that they're. You can look around and you can see lots of potential. And what I mean by that is you look at the, at the secondary. I mean, look, they moved Miles Robinson from corner and they moved Juan Thornhill from corner, and yet there's still plenty of corners, right? Um, they've got talent at, at, at running back that is very versatile. I think, and quite honestly, this might sound weird, but, like, Taquan Mizell was such a huge, like, I don't want to say even, like, piece of the offense. I mean, he literally was, like, the canvas that the offense was, was like, scripted on. Right, like he was such an integral element to it that the taking him out and and trying to to match that production was always going to be difficult. It didn't matter how what, who you had behind him, but what Virginia has in Ham and Ellis, I really believe are, are two very versatile. These guys can both play both speed back and big back. Like they can block like big backs, they can move like speed backs, they can catch like speed backs, and I think that's important because both you can play with them both in the in the backfield. And it, it, and you can do anything you want from that formation. The one thing we haven't touched on, as we've been talking about football for you know however many minutes, is that Kurt Benkirk is not the same quarterback that he was last season. Now, how will that translate to the fall, and how will that translate to his execution? You know, that's all TBD. I'm not in the prognostication business, but I can tell you the quarterback I saw last fall is not the dude that I saw this spring. This kid this spring looks. He looks he looks lighter on his feet. He his mechanics look better. Uh, his he's he's always had a big arm, but he he's he's able to use it in, in ways at least in the little brief snippets I've seen. Um, you know, like they've only allowed us to watch two practices, but what I've seen of Ben Kirk, he looks demonstrably different. Uh, and like I said, he, physically he looks like a different guy. And I, I it's hard not to make the jump from this is a fact, which is that he looks better and he looks lighter on his feet. And he's throwing the ball well. It's not. It's hard not to make that jump from there to he's going to be better this season. A lot's got to go into that. His pocket presence and his ability to get rid of the ball, yeah. get rid of the ball, like that's going to be his biggest challenge, even more so than the physical side of things. But I do think that the physical side of things helps him in terms of being putting himself in a position to make better decisions. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look back on last year, 
Look, Kurt has some great games. Let's not act like he he threw a hundred interceptions last year. And I mean, he had one of the best passing seasons we've seen in in many years. Um, but yeah, it's a little like us. The film, you know, again, the brief film snippets we've seen. I mean, he's he looks thinner. He looks more mobile. But let's keep. I mean, he does have the the orange jersey on, so. I mean, you can be a little more cocky and a little more sure in the way you're planting your feet when you know the guy's not going to hit you. Um, so you're right. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from your saying, but you know, getting to that whole, um, not wanting to be in the prognostication business. Um, it's really tough with him because I mean, I think we can all agree 90% of his struggles, um, last year weren't when the pocket was clean. It, um, which sadly was very, very rarely. So I'll be interested. I'm hoping the spring festival we'll be able to see him in some live action um just to see if he's gotten any better when when there's pressure in his face but look yeah yeah um swinging around 100 degrees 180 degrees to the defense uh, since i wasn't on last week i don't know if you guys talked about it because for the first time i ever did listen to your whole podcast um well dave it's been a good I've, run you're fired go ahead <laughs> don't even don't even worry I, about your stuff we'll mail it to you all right, I'll pick up my servants check. The um, I'm very intrigued by Mac at inside linebacker. I think I posted on the board about it. Um, you know, if you've got just the things you could do, whether it's a three three five or three four or you know some kind of you know weird two man front with two offensive line, you know, two outside linebackers. Um, that's one thing I'm looking forward to seeing this year is. Now that the guys know the defense a little better um, and you get these guys like Jordan Mack, who very well could play safety if you hadn't bulked them up so much. Um, Thornhill, who could play corner or safety. Landing, who can play safety or, or linebacker. Just the way this defense will be able to potentially bring pressure if they can get some kind of pass rush from the defensive line. Um, it, it's going to be fun to watch that moving forward. Like, I know there was some talk on the board about you know, is Mac getting run an inside linebacker next to Kaiser, a slap in the face to like Simmons and Stalker and those guys. Like if Kaiser had gone pro, I think Simmons Stalker that would be in that spot. Um, just and then having Cook back and and piece of the outside linebacker. Yeah, you know, you've got some versatility. I, I think if you look at you know, assuming they stay healthy, if you've got Peace, Cook, Mac, and Kaiser at your linebackers. You can do a lot of things. Like, even yeah, though that's a three got, four, technically got, that's a, you know, yeah. depending on where you want to run them. Yeah, because you've got two you guys who are basically yeah. in hybrid, in linebacker hybrids. You've got one guy who's a linebacker in, inside, outside hybrid. You've got Kaiser who's literally everywhere. Um, there's there's size, there's strength, there's speed. There's there's all of those guys are are pretty decent tacklers. The thing that that I'm interested the most to see, at least from this, t- I, 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 it's probably above uh, above all, uh, is just Malcolm Cook. Like I remember when he committed to Virginia out of Fork Union, the the level of excitement because at the time he was just putting up ridiculous stats. Do you remember this? Like his stats at at his last year before he came, yeah. were just nuts. And I think that as we look back on that, I mean, he's had such horrible luck when it comes to to injuries, and then of course this heart thing last year, and just how um, you know how tough his road has been. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of stories, and and certainly 
his, you know, him coming back and possibly having a, a great senior season and, and going from there. Like, I, I want the best for the, for the kid, but also, too, I'm really curious to see what his his return really means for UVA by the fall. I mean, I, I'm watching him, again, brief little snippets of, of, of a couple practices, but, like, I'm watching him thinking, this is a kid who hasn't played football in a year. I mean, basically, right? I mean, like, he, ba- he, he, got, he got a little burn in the fall, and that's it. Like he didn't, he didn't, he made it through like a little, like a handful of practices, maybe tops, and he was, and he was done, and he hadn't done anything. You know, he's not. Imagine what he's going to be like physically, in terms of his endurance, in terms of his, uh, in terms of his physical sort of um, comfort, right? With with the with with doing the things that 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 are required by the time the fall gets here. Like that's a to me that's his top storyline. Like Virginia did not did not have a playmaker like him. Like they had really short tacklers in in, in Kaiser and, and Blanding. They had guys who were young and athletic and and were kind of learning their way. But they net, did not have a physical presence that you could put out there and that was going to make make plays like that one that Mac made at Duke. Like those are the kind of things that you feel like a Malcolm Cook can do, and you just need to go see him do it. So that to me, that's the big thing um, this season that 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 I'll be watching and and sort. I think that's the the, the storyline that. Um, that I'll be following the, the closest is just what's what's he mean to this team and what's he able to do. Ferber, we have not heard from you, and it feels like a let forever. Um, let's get let's get your sort of take on, on Ben Kirk. How, how do you feel about the quarterback situation in general? Do you do you, where do you, where do you come down on Devontae Cross? Uh, the little bits that we've seen and, and and heard about sort of maybe what Virginia's playing there. It seems like to me and that that's more of a. Um, a package sort of deal that they're putting together, and maybe it's a cross versus Xander's sort of thing. But how do you feel about the quarterback position, and do you think they need to be creating packages for you know running quarterbacks? Uh, I think last year the team failed to develop a quarterback. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I mean, I I think I'm cool with I'm kind of in Dave's camp with Benkert, where it's like I recognize how well he performed at times last year and. And how rare that's been for a UVA quarterback. And quite frankly, I was opposed to um, his benching at the end. I thought it was fine in what game was it that Johns came in? Uh, was it Miami? Yes. Yeah, I think so. It was like the last home game because at that point the game was over and he was playing poorly. But or Bankard, I mean. Um, but I mean, I thought he was clearly the best option they had. Um, we don't know how bad the injury really impacted things, and I guess we'll find out this year. Um, the mental—I mean, he's gonna have to cut down on the mental mistakes, but obviously, um, you know, second year in a system, hopefully playing lighter will help him a little bit. But like Dave said, I mean, I kind of want to see him taking live bullets and see how that actually impacts things because in practice, you know, you can mentally go to a place that you can't really go to in games because you're, you know. You're taking live action. I mean, it, it's just not the same. Um, but I'm, I think, I mean, I'm okay with him being the starter this year for this team. I don't think, I think he can play well. Um, I saw flashes last year. I mean, there were even throws that he made in games that they lost that were really impressive throws and and hopefully a sign of that he's the guy. I mean, he can be the guy. Um, as for Cross, I mean, I, I think it's encouraging that they're trying to be creative with him and find ways for him to come along. I do think that part of that is, they know that Xanders is on the way in the fall. So, I mean, they kind of want to have that stuff put in. 
um, by then, or at least for the other players in the scheme. So uh, encouraged to see how that how that plays out. But I mean, for this year, I think we'll see a lot of Bankard, and then we'll have to figure out what they want to do going forward uh, in 2018. But if things go poorly, then I'd like to see them explore those other options because. I mean, as much as they might want to just try Bankard out there and and do the best they can, if the season seems like it's going to be another losing season, I think you got to start to look forward and try to have something to play, you know, prepare yourself for for 2018. Well, and 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 on that note, I, I do think that that one thing that is tricky about uh, a situation like Virginia has facing it is because you're still a, you're still a team in transition, um, and so in a lot of ways you look at some of these positions and, and you have a lot of young talent that is sort of starting to, to mature and get some traction. Um, but it's college football and nothing matters in college football. If you don't have a good quarterback, like you're just not going to be any good if you don't have a good quarterback. And I hear what you're saying. I, I feel like it's up to the other guys. Even if, if Ben Kirk is, is not going out there and playing consistently well, if he's not at least uh, playing a, a consistent level in the team that, uh, that the offense can, can, can succeed then it's up to the other guys to beat him out. I mean, if, if there's anything that that debacle in Blacksburg showed me, it's that, like, they will they don't care. Like, if you're not doing your job, like, they will play somebody else. Like, they're, they don't – like, it, it made no sense what they did. But it did, it did have one common line, which is they, they will look for whatever they think, even if it's totally misguided, they will look for whatever they think will give them the best chance to win. So they're not going to ride with the guy – just because he's played however many games and he's the guy that was supposed to be the starter. They will rock the boat if they feel like the boat needs to be rocked. And so it's up to the other guys, um, the, whether it's Sanders or whoever, Cross, whoever. It, it's, it's up to them to play well enough to, to, make the, put, to put the coaching staff in a place where they have to make a decision. That's up to the backups. And so if, if they're not getting good quarterback play from Ben Kirk and he keeps playing, that should tell us a lot because I don't think there's any – you know, there's any any way that this staff would continue to play a guy who's not executing when there are other guys who should be in the game. Like they're just not those types of dudes. And quite frankly, they're, everything falls apart. Everything falls completely apart if they don't stick to the earn not given. Like we we understand. I, I think that that there were there were games last season where he was hurt, and it's tough to know how that impacted him. But he's healthy now, and that's that. I don't want to say that they, anybody's ever used that as an excuse. I think they've explained it as a reason why. Um, but this, it, 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 it's literally it's 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 moot now. Like it doesn't matter, um, and so it's up to him. Um, and, and you know, you, you make a good point. There, there is, a, I think, a mental difference in spring when you know you can't be hit. Um, that being said, a lot of his throws uh, that I've seen this spring have have not been throws where he had a bunch of time in the pocket and and was able to just step up and, and throw. I mean, like some of the stuff he's some of the stuff he's doing uh, it has been super impressive. Um, and it, especially compared to, you know, to where he was last year. And so it's up to him to obviously keep that going. And Virginia's, if they don't get good quarterback play, um, it, it's obviously going to be a very long season. For those of us who run message boards especially. Um, I think that's a very good place to, to put a pen in it for this week. We'll see what the uh, transfer front brings us going into uh, next week as well as sort of uh, we will be, I guess, at that point getting ready for the last, the stretch run, so to speak, of spring ball. Um, media members get one more practice on Tuesday the 25th, and then obviously the spring festival that weekend, which will give us plenty to discuss, even if we know full well that it's not going to be an actual game. I want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen. As always, please um, continue to support the show. If you don't want to watch, or excuse me, listen to, the, to, to it on the uh, browser, feel free to search your 
uh, iOS App Store or uh, in the Google Play Store as well um, for whatever um, handy dandy podcast app you might want. Give us a search at Cavs Corner Podcast. I uh, want to thank Dave and Ferber for being on the show and giving uh, generously of their time as always as well. And thank you out there for, for giving us a listen tonight. So for uh, David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.